Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Binge or Purge streaming reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. Thank you so much for coming back for episode six. Seven! Seven. Seven! Thanks for having me back. Or were you saying that to the listeners? I was saying that. Well, I'm always happy to have you here, Joe. What would the show be without you? But I was directing that to our listeners. Yeah, okay, well, good. I'm glad they're here, too. I'm glad they're here. I can't believe how excited I am to say six when it's actually seven. I'm surprising myself. Seven episodes. Lucky number seven. That's right. Excellent. All right, we're going to just get going here. we got a lot to cover, and uh, we don't want to bore you. So just quickly, uh, last episode, we did a review of Netflix's new sketch comedy show, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. And uh, Joe, Joe is a binge. I was a purr because I hadn't finished the last two episodes. And now you have an apology I, to make. Now I have the moment to put... The GE on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I caught the last two. I caught the, epi- the uh, one with our buddy, Matt Knutson. Hats off to Matt Knutson. People should a- know that we actually surprise each other while we record this. Most yes. Of the- I didn't think that's We're try- where We you try were to keep these as fresh as possible. I so thought Knutson would save it for you. Knutson almost saved it. The hot dog sketch almost saved it. Alas, it doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm a purge. <laughs> I That's, just I think it's a yeah, meh show. It's meh. It's not terrible. It's 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 good. It's just not great. And I gotta stick with my guns on here to this. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's a purge. I'm sorry. Fine. Compared compared to what? Compared to what single camera sketch show? Uh Key and Peel. You Key, like Key and Peel? I better? love I loved Key and Peel. That's where I'm coming from. I thought okay. Key and Peel was great consistently. Not every sketch not hey, every sketch show. Not everything works. Nothing is a home run. It's hit or miss. I thought Key and Peele was consistently better than worse. And they had sketches that stuck in my head. Nothing sticking to my ribs on this show. But I don't want to harp on it. Okay. I'm just saying, you wanted me to finish it. I watched the last two. Purge. Okay, fine. I, I still say binge. It's okay. fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah, I'm not hating it's on goofy. it. I'm just not. It's goofy. It's weird. And I don't have a problem with weird, but it's just not funny enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. New stuff. Yes. New business. Plenty of new stuff this week. Uh, I found a show. Well, it was, it popped up uh, so much that I couldn't avoid it. Basically like that's how Netflix does it. Now Uh, I watched a show called dead to me starring Christina Applegate. Um, Christina Applegate uh, won me over permanently in anchorman. Anyone who can go toe to toe comedically with Will Ferrell uh, and her comedic timing, you know, th- this isn't really a comedy, but even in this show, her comedic timing is unreal. She's so funny. And um, it's, most, it's mostly a drama, but the funny moments, she's so good. She carries the whole show. Um, this is Dead to Me on Netflix. It's 10 episodes. I think they're about 42 minutes. They're 30 minutes. 30 minutes. You're looking at five hours here. Okay. Five hours for the show. Who else is in it though? We got two others. Don't leave them hanging. My God. Uh, I'm sorry. the The second lead is the uh, girl who played Meg on Bloodline, and her name, the actress, is Linda Cardellini. Thank you. She's great. She's quirky and weird, and a little bit like creepy when she needs to be. Um, the third lead is James Marsden, 
who you and I both agreed earlier is at his He's most James Marsdenis. Yeah, he is so funny. Um, and again, the show is not a comedy. It's it's really pretty dark. Um, it's a mystery. It's a thriller. It's uh, there's a lot of twists and turns. But that's about as far as we can go into it. But there's some funny moments, and the characters are they're sort of all likable. I can sum it up just a little bit. You know, if you want to get into it, mm-hmm. uh, Christina Applegate's husband was just killed in a car crash. It wasn't a car crash. He was run over. She goes to a, a, a grief counseling group. Right there, she befriends Linda Cardellini. This is all in the trailer, by the way. I'm not giving anything away. And the show is basically about their evolving friendship and everything that comes with it. And I won't say anything more than that. But... I will say this, I've never seen Christina Applegate or Linda Cardellini better. I think it's Emmy worthy work from both of them. I thought it was I yeah. thought it was fantastic work. The it's it's a well-written show, but what makes it great are these two key performances. They have fantastic chemistry together. They they really do. Well, I, yeah, the two women especially and when James Marsden gets more involved towards uh, this, you know, the second half of the series, that sort of triangle between the three of them, the dynamic is really, really good. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I like it a lot. It's a binge for me. Oh, it's a, it's a total binge for me. Uh, a couple things. Um, it was uh, shot by Danny Motor, I noticed. Do you know who Danny Motor is? No. It's Julia Roberts' husband. Oh. So he's the DP on this. And fun thing, um... They're supposed to be in Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. Half the time they're on Ventura Place in Studio City. Oh, like right. Anytime, by... anytime they're <laughs> How driving. I know that. Because I just saw, I could see. I was like, there's the big five. you see it from your window? Yeah, there's the big five on Ventura Place. If you, if you live in the Valley, you know exactly. So it's one of those things where I'm like, you ain't in Laguna. You're two blocks from me. That's and, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, I highly recommend this show. This is a serious binge. It's not a big commitment. Like I said, it's five hours. You can do it in two nights or long rainy day, afternoon, whatever you want, but definitely worth the watch. And executive produced by, well, a handful of people, including Christina Applegate and Liz Feldman, who really is the creator of the show. Right. And apparently is based somewhat autobiographical. I saw an article that she drew from something that actually happened to her. Really? Uh, yeah, and I didn't. I we won't get much more into it. Okay. Anyway, but um, also executive produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. I think this is one of their last projects because they've split up. Gary Sanchez Productions—that's their shingle. That's done. Now they're calling it Gloria Sanchez for some reason. Yes, and, they, they and called it Gloria they, Sanchez on the credits here. Right. But it used to be Gary Sanchez. I don't know what that's all about. I'm curious. Gloria Sanchez is an offshoot of Gary Sanchez Productions. It focuses on female voices in comedy. But I know about less than a month ago, they dissolved their partnership. So this might be one of their last projects. If it is, it's a great project to go out on. I, th- I think it has something to do with Vice. Uh, I, think, I don't think Vice did them any favors. Let's not get into Vice. Okay. Let's not go down commercially. That road. Commercially, commercially, right? Commercially, Vice did not do them any favors. Yeah, I think they put a lot of, of stake into that, doing really well, and I don't think it did very well. But I'm I'm speculating. I don't know anyone over there. Uh, but that would have been the last project before this one, right? Well, here's the thing: if you have Netflix, 
you're doing yourself a favor by watching this. It's a binge. Yeah, it's a binge. It's fun. Well written. All right, moving on. Okay, uh, what do you got? I have the new Ted Bundy feature, not the documentary, not the Ted Bundy tapes or whatever. The new uh, feature drama on Netflix starring Zac Efron Mm. and Lily Taylor. Zac Efron Mm. playing Ted Bundy, the serial killer. Mm -hmm. You sound a little (laughs) creepy there, bro. A little creepy. I love Zac Efron. Now, let me give the name of it because it's ridiculous. It's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Okay, great title. Really? Terrible title. Terrible title. Horrible title. So I just say, yeah, the Ted Bundy movie, and you know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not a big serial killer guy, and I didn't really know what to expect from this, but it came up and I was like, okay, I can knock this out. Okay. Not what I was expecting. If you're going and expecting the Ted Bundy serial killer Silence of the Lambs movie. This is not it because the whole thing is based on the book written by Ted Bundy's longtime girlfriend. Already there, I'm like, he had a girlfriend? He had a girlfriend the whole time he's murdering all these women, which is crazy to me. And I I say this, I didn't know, I don't really know that much about him other than he got the electric chair and he, you know, killed a bunch of people. So it was sort of, it was, you know, interesting to me because I didn't really know that much. Go on. So if you think this is like a, a slasher picture, it is not. Most of it is Zac Efron and him being in prison, escaping from prison, and his huge trial that takes place in Florida that finally gives him the death sentence. Spoiler alert. So, spoiler alert. Yeah, guess what? He gets a death sentence. Come on. It's, this, this isn't, this isn't a, you know, a fictional narrative, right? So you know, if you know anything, Ted Bundy was electrocuted in 1989. So why watch the movie? If you already know that, why watch this? You don't have to. It's really not worth it. Oh. I, I'm, I'm, this is, this is, this is going to be a purge for me. It, wow. it, yeah, I mean, uh, he's good. He's good in it. Zac Efron does a good job. When, it's, when he's not in it, the movie's, the movie's a drag. Haley Joel Osment is in it for some reason, playing like the boyfriend that wants to like comfort the, the Lily Collins character. By the way, Lily Collins is good too. I just didn't think that was particularly involving. I kept, I kept pausing it to go do something else. I'm like, you know what? Pause. I'm going to get a snack. You know, I couldn't watch it all the way through. It didn't, didn't, didn't grip me. Now, do you think that that's an interesting, if we can go on a tangent for a second, Sure. do you think that if you had watched this in a theater where you couldn't pause it and go do something else, you would have been more engaged by it. Is this the curse of the Netflix pause button? Could be. Could be. It's not, it's not, it's not an overly long movie. You know, it moves, but I just, <sighs> I don't know. It just didn't really engage me. What was I, the best part of it? I'll tell you what the best part was. And this is great because you can catch this in the first 15 minutes. And this is what I take away from the movie. James Hetfield, the lead singer of Metallica. Oh, yeah. Acts in this. Okay. He plays a Utah like sheriff or cop. Perfect. He's got one and a half scenes. And if you're anyway a Metallica fan, you got to see this. Because when was the last time? Like, oh, yeah, of course. James Hetfield, the actor. And he's pretty good. It's not a big part, but he's pretty good. Good enough for me. And I, I remember I was like, I had read a couple months ago, like James Hetfield is, is got his first acting role. I'm like, what? And then it's his I, first acting role. Yeah, I've never seen him. I, I'm pretty sure this is it. 
He had previously done some voiceover work on the animated show Skylanders Academy. He comes on the screen and I'm like, this guy looks familiar. And then he gets in a close-up and I'm like, oh my God, it's Hetfield. Now, if you're a Metallica fan, this is like, what? It's crazy, but it's great. So that's my recommendation. If you are a Metallica fan, (laughs) okay, watch the first 15 minutes. You get to see James Hetfield act and then you're done. So if you're if you're a Metallica fan, watch the first 15 minutes to see James Hetfield, then turn it off and go spend time with your estranged children. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do something. Do something that doesn't make you seem like a serial killer to your children. Yeah, got it. Okay. So by the way, I just want to end Zach Efron's fine. He's good. Good performance. And Lily Collins is good. Just not enough. The movie's not enough. It doesn't it doesn't really go into it. You know, it's more like the trial. Also, John Malkovich uh, plays the judge who's presiding the trial. And Malkovich is always a little bit of a treat. Also, he seems to have some deal with Netflix. He's showing up in a lot of Netflix originals. He was also in Bird Box. I don't know if he's got some deal with them. I'm curious about that. But, you know. Well, he's been showing up in a lot of stuff. He was in that Louis C.K. movie that got buried, yeah, too. He, he's been working. So, you know, it, look, at, at the end of the day, it's a purge. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. It, it, it seems like, uh, I, I heard somebody else review it very similarly that it's, uh, not so much about him and he has to be the most interesting character in his own story yet. They don't really get into him. They do, but it's not, I mean, you never get to like, why is he killing these women? You know, you never really get like into his mind. It's more about what's going on around him and his situations, but not really like, you know, why was he doing this? Also, it's weird because, you know, they reference, you know, some kidnappings here, a a murder here, an assault here, but it's only at the end do they, do they, you know, divulge that he, that we know of for sure, killed 30 women. Like, oh my God, this guy was prolific. I don't mean that like, oh, great, great job murdering. That's not what I mean. But like the wow factor doesn't come through till they throw it up at the end that it's like he killed 30 women that they know of. It seemed to me like he didn't come across as like a serial killer to me the way because it was like little bits and pieces here as opposed to like the sprawling amount that he had murdered it didn't capture the the uh, gravity of his uh, horrors. Correct. Perfect. Thank okay. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, that's why we have the podcast, right? Yep. As because of because uh, pro- of you, Joe. Proliferation. We can really weave a tapestry of nonsense. <laughs> um, I love a last thing I'll say about it because I haven't seen it. Although I'm still planning on watching it, probably. Uh, I love Zac Efron. No, I know I was making the the yummy boy uh, sounds earlier, but he he is so talented. He's, he's a good actor. He stole the show from Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman. I thought I did not see it. I'll take your word for it. He's got great comic timing, by the way. He does, and he's yeah. And I I've uh, never met him. I uh, by all accounts a nice guy too. So uh, anything with Efron, I'll probably watch. I think he's great. Hey, watch it, but just don't expect much. But remember, if you love Metallica. That first 15 minutes, little treat, little treat for Metallica fans. Okay, there you have it. Uh, So me and Kirk Hammett will be watching. uh... (laughs) Nice pull, nice pull. Thank you. Uh, Okay, so uh, say the title one more time. It's on Netflix. Extremely Wicked, 
shockingly evil and vile. Okay, I have maybe the most obscure pick uh, that we've done so far. Uh, This is one that doesn't really come up on Netflix Recommends. I'm not sure how I found my way to it, uh, but it came up. It's called Northern Rescue. It's on Netflix. It's a series. There's 10 episodes. They're close to an hour long. I think it's probably 43 minutes. They probably made it for network and it didn't go. Um, Let's see. Selling point number one. Uh, William Baldwin is the star. That's your selling point? A couple things I realized about William Baldwin while watching this show. Number one, his hair looks CGI'd. He has Brian Grazer hair. (laughs) He has gelled. He He could model for the stuff that takes hair gel out. He has like porcupine, full head of hair. Like Eddie Munster with uh, L.A. looks gel in his hair. Just incredible, distracting hair. Now, help me out because I get confused on my Baldwins. William Baldwin is Billy Baldwin? He's just going by William now, but he was Billy Baldwin? I think so. Yeah, there's Steven, who's the one that's been on like Celebrity Rehab. Oh, yeah, he's yeah he's a crackpot. There's pot. Daniel, who I don't think does anything. Okay, William is Billy. I got it. And Alec, apparently, he does things. I'm not sure what Alec Baldwin has ever done, but I hear things. Well, here's the thing that I realized after watching this show. If they would have used Alec Baldwin instead of William Baldwin, wouldn't have been much difference. They, they're practically interchangeable. <laughs> I really thought that William Baldwin was just as good as Alec Baldwin could have been in this show. So that's kind of a loaded uh, mm. way to set it up. Um, <laughs> yes. I wrote down on my notes here. He has the hair. His hair made the pogo monkey look real. <laughs> the pogo monkey <laughs> from, from Umbrella Academy. Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Six I know how much of, you hated that. Yeah. Um, I have, you can see I have a whole page of notes here. Yeah, it's a lot. You just start, just, just get into it, man. Just okay. go. So, so here's what the show's about. This guy's wife dies. Uh, he's a search and rescue commander, and he uproots his family from Boston. They all live outside of Boston somewhere. Although, um, when you watch the show, I mean, I know I've been to Boston. I know what Boston looks like. This is clearly like Toronto, like suburbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the first thing I noticed about the show. I have this weird tick where if something's filmed in Canada, I can tell immediately. Like the Umbrella Academy. I knew right off the bat. I'm like, Toronto. Because there's a bluish hue to everything. Interesting. A bluish hue. That's your little, that's your little clue. That's your tip off. Yeah. So, uh, so first thing I did was look it up. And of course it was filmed uh, mostly in Toronto. My tip off is it looks generic. It looks like anywheresville. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's got it's definitely got that going too. It it sure as heck does not look like Boston. So so that's where it starts out. But they move out of there and they move into uh Turtle Island Bay, which I'm pretty sure is a made up place. So he uproots his three children. Now his three kids are all, of course, very different. One of them's it's kind of like the modern family kids, a little bit, the dynamic. Um the one girl, the older girl, I don't know, she's probably supposed to be 20 or something but she's probably 28 in real life she looks like a young kate hudson so that's selling point number two she she's gorgeous and she's funny and cute and everything so so selling point number one really well if you're gonna discount baldwin sure okay um now here here's the thing i I could name 20 things about this movie that or about this show that just take you out of it 
that are like, I don't, even if you buy the plot and the premise and the fact that they move into an abandoned aquarium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to step back. <laughs> uh, Right there, right there, man. Right there. All <laughs> right. The show, the show is uh, Heart of Dixie meets Free Willy. Now I know you don't know what Heart of Dixie is either, but I'm getting to that. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff in here. Imagine if you were watching a TV show and one character had like an obvious wig, but the wig was like kind of coming off. You know how in SNL sometimes in a skit, someone's wig will start to come Somebody off. Somebody gets a pat on the back and it shakes it up and it starts yeah. sliding. Now imagine if every character in the show <laughs> had something like that, that you're like, don't buy it. This is selling point number three. <laughs> okay. So there's a lot wrong with it. <laughs> there's the, I don't know the art department was doing or what. Um, Let's see. Uh, the family members. So there's uh, William Baldwin. There's the uh, his dead wife's sister. Then there's the three kids. Now, they're all white. Other than that, could not look less related. Imagine five white people that look like they were from completely different families. They're like, oh, here's this family. No resemblance. And it's all supposed to be biological. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the casting's weird. Um, but here's here's the overall thing about this. I don't know if you if you like grew up in church, but there's like like Christian <laughs> I not, movies. I did you not ever watch Christian church. movies? I tried not to. So like Kirk Cameron movies. Oh God. McGee and me. Any of this ring a bell? I'm faith. learning. I'm learning a lot about you right now, okay. Joe. Faith. Imagine a faith based movie. Okay. okay. Imagine if you lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and you won $120 million, and you gave 12 of it to your local church to make a TV show with, and they had no experience. They were just sweet kids with some video cameras that hired William Baldwin, made a TV show. I have to stop you. This is my favorite review you've done so far. I have to say, this is this, this is a good one, man. You're, 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 oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. It, it gets it gets better. Um, it's it's about as bumpkin, uh, middle America, no experience on set. Everyone's just here just for the fellowship. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, it's sweet. It has heart. And I think that it should remind people in L.A. and New York that there's nice, kind-hearted people in middle America. And this thing sticks it to them because it's not very good. But I think a lot of people are watching it, and it is a sweet story. And you know what? Binge. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. Binge it. (laughs) Get yourself a nice big slice of casserole. Sit down with your Snuggie on and, and watch this thing because... I'm going to pour myself a glass of whole milk. It's not cynical. Nobody gets murdered. Nobody gets raped or killed. It's just very sweet. And it is definitely amateur hour, which to me made it funny. But like for the average person, uh, you know, maybe people who listen to this podcast that don't have SAG cards, they might not notice all this stuff that we're ragging on. Right. They might just think that it's a good show. Does it have like a, a Starbucks cup that should have been put in there? <laughs> uh, is it that no, amateur? Is that, is that, it that amateur. amateur where they would leave a coffee cup in it? It's not, it's not that amateur. 
Uh, there was tasteful use of score, although it did sound like they bought all their score on like iStockScore.com or something. Like it, it definitely was like a, a not even a student film. It's like a church project film. I'm shocked, shocked that I've never heard of this. Uh, Northern Rescue on Netflix, ten episodes. It's a nice story. The characters are cool. There's a lot of stuff wrong with it. If if you're if you're a cynical egomaniac who nitpicks everything like me and Demo, definitely watch it because it, <laughs> that alone makes it worth it. But you know what? It's sweet, and not everybody's as picky as we are. So I'm gonna say, suck it, Hollywood. Binge Northern Rescue. That's bold. Thank that's you. a bold review. That's my favorite review you've done so far. I have to say that was that was. I think that's probably more entertaining than the show. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on that. I'm putting money down that that was a better review than the show is. Oh, it also one last thing. It had the fastest credits I've ever seen. Oh, selling point five. <laughs> it was like, it was like William Baldwin, three other names, thirty names, eighty names, eighty names, eighty names, eighty names. Next episode starts in three seconds. Very nice, very nice. I have something that came across randomly. It it showed up in that little ding in the corner the little bell in the corner on netflix it's like hey check this out and i'm like okay i thought it was new it came out in in 2018 and i'm questioning why it showed up as a suggestion for me and it is called the perfect bid the contestant who knew too much and this is about the price is right what year did you say uh 2018 okay or 2017. I don't know. It's one of those. Who cares? It's 2017, and there's no V in front of it. It's just perfect bid. But like you said, who cares? Here's the deal. If you love The Price is Right, like I do, I'm going to admit it. I grew up watching The Price is Right. I love The Price is Right. Okay? When I'm sure. home visiting mom, we watch The Price is Right together still. Now... The glory days of Bob Barker and Barker's Beauties, that's over. I have to accept mm-hmm. that, okay? Yep. The little things that I used to love about The Price is Right, they're gone. But it's still a good show. Point is, if you don't like The Price is Right, for the love of God, don't watch this because you will be bored to tears. And it's only like an just over an hour. I think it's like an hour and 15 right around there. It's not long, but it feels like it. The synopsis is there's this savant. This Price is Right savant named uh, Ted, Ted Slauson. Slauson. Thank you. Ted Slauson. I didn't know that offhand, by the way. I, I had to look it up. I had to, I had to write this down. Yeah, Ted Slauson. And he's a weird dude. Okay? You want to know how I know he's weird? He goes to the Price is Right, and he spent in his free time cataloging on his Apple IIe back in the 80s the prices on every single item. Whether it's, you know, what you bid on first, you know, the, the, the showcase, everything. He's got it down to a science of what every item is and what it's worth. And he's created a spreadsheet and he ends up going to the show multiple times. And he starts, his thing is, he starts shouting out the prices and people that are up there in contestants row... They start hearing him and he's giving them the input and they start getting, they start nailing him. So he starts being like the savant and Bob notices it. And finally he gets on the show, right? 
He gets on the show and he only wins like a thousand dollars, and he's kind of bummed out. But he per- proceeds to keep going. Why? Why did he only win a thousand dollars? Because he got stuck on the punch board. So instead of okay. having to like guess prices, it's a game of chance. It's more gave him chance than a game of knowing the prices. And when he went to spin the wheel, he only spun fifty five cents, so he didn't get to go to the showcase. Okay. So it's kind of like that's the end. You think, but I look and I pause it. And I'm like, twenty more minutes. What? <laughs> so he proceeds to continue to go because he ends up being like a coach to people in line. He meets people in line and he'll go with friends and family. And they go, Hey, you know, this guy, he's the deal. He can help you. So these people look to him for guidance and he ends up helping this guy who ends up guessing the perfect bid on the showcase down to the dollar and it completely throws off the producers. This is when Drew Carey, like he, this guy, Ted, has been going since, you know, Bob Barker was in his prime. Now he's there with, with Drew Carey hosting and he helps, not really helps, well, the other guy really feeds off of him and takes all the credit for getting, you know, the ultimate guess. Okay, so wait, so this guy, Ted Slauson, the guy that studied all these prices, he's not the one who got the perfect bid. He's not. He helps this guy, and this guy, like, takes pretty much all the credit for it, saying, oh, me and my wife, we've been, you know, guessing the prices for years. And Ted's like, nah, even if you did, I'm the one that really got it there. Cause, and you get it, because this guy is weird, man. He's a weird dude. But here's the thing. It, this is not a well-made documentary. It's not. Now, I looked in the credits because I wasn't exactly sure how they how they made it, but they claim to be interviewing Bob Barker and his executive producer, and they use all this footage, but I don't think any of it was shot by the filmmaker. I think they're using footage from other interviews because not once does Bob ever acknowledge what happened with Ted. Neither does the executive producer. It's like they're off in their own world. I got it. And Ted, who's the only person really interviewed for this, they edit it together to make it look like, oh, we, you know, we talked to Bob, we talked to his EP. We d-. no, they're using footage from another interview to like weave it through. So it's kind of a cheat for me. I I agree. I I see what you're saying. You know, and I, I this is a purge because I think it's a sloppy documentary. I can't really recommend it because it's not really that well made. But if you love The Price is Right, it's a binge. But only if you love The Price is Right. This thing is also streaming on YouTube, Hulu, and where other lame documentaries are available. A couple things I'm seeing about this. It won the Best Documentary Award at the Orlando Film Festival. Strike one. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with what you're saying. It doesn't seem like they interviewed any of these actual people looks like they they grabbed stuff from other places um and okay fine my overall take on this i don't know how many products appear on the prices right over the course of a season it's not sixty thousand. it's probably 114 and i think you know if someone's day job was to find out what different appliances cost like let's say you worked in an appliance store Someone who works in an appliance store probably knows the price of everything in the store. That's probably more things than this guy knew. So I don't think he's some kind of uh, savant. I think he put a lot of time into something that most people would never think to 
spend time on. This doesn't seem like a Rain Man thing to me. It's not a Rain Man thing, but Drew Carey does refer to him as Rain Man in an interview. But Drew, like, Drew Carey is a known sexual deviant, though. <laughs> is he? Oh, yeah. He has a dungeon in his house. Really? Yeah, for real. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. I did not know that. Guys, please don't make me have to look this up. Okay, so uh, a couple things we've decided about this. Uh, Drew Carey, major weird deviant, especially in his past. You can look that up on your own. Um, Bob Barker, probably not actually interviewed for this documentary, which cheapens it. Yep. Uh, not a great structured documentary, according to Demo, and uh, a little generic. And my like, like I said earlier, I'm not that impressed by this guy cataloging things that were well known. He, he wasn't. I will say, in this guy's defense, he seems a little on the spectrum, just a little. Like okay. I think you've got to be a little on the spectrum to do what he did. I mean, it takes real, real math acumen. If I may use that word, math acumen. Does it though? Because is he doing long division? Or well, he he's just... got to he's got to do the math while he's up there. I mean, he's got to addition for the for the he has show. To do addition. He has, yes, he has to do addition. He has Fifth to know grade the, addition. He has to know the prices of everything in the showcase and put it all together. Also, interesting tidbit: uh, trips not easy to predict. He goes, those are the most volatile of prices. Those fluctuate products. He could always get the price of, but trips tough. Okay. Oh, he's looking up the MSRP or the, whatever he could find on yes. Sears.com or something. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not that impressive to me. Hey, th- this documentary is not impressive to me. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a purge. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. It sounds like a nice, nice novel concept. I'm glad we've already, did. we've already spoken too much about it. Yeah. I apologize if anybody's been, been like, Oh my God, stop with the prices, right? Documentary already. Like where was the press your luck documentary that we should see? Because that's about a guy who figured out when to hit the stopper. Cause he timed how to avoid all the whammies. And he like completely like flipped the game. Well, I feel like I've seen it now. Well, that, you know, I mean, it's basically the is same more kind to of it thing. Than that? No, the guy gets on there <laughs> and he figured out the timing of the lights yes. on the board to okay. avoid the whammies and, you know, win. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm the guy that that uh, recommended a William Baldwin uh, Netflix. Series, I know so. too much about game shows. I really do. I'm sorry. It's, I'm not proud have of it. Have you ever been on a game show? I have been on several. Recently, right? Yes. I was on America Says on the Game Show Network. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't get the Game Show Network. Not but... many people do. But if you do, I was on it. You might catch me. How'd uh, you do? Or you're not allowed to say? We... Oh, it's been broadcast. Uh, we did really, really great, but we missed the uh, you know, the jackpot by one answer. You and who was on it? Uh, me and uh, three other comedians. Name them. Aaron Marsh, Aaron McShane, and Jeff May. Okay. And then I was also on a game show back in the early 2000s called ESPN Trivial Pursuit. It, it did not make it, and Roger Lodge was the host. But we had the most, in, me and my partner, Jason Matthews, we had the most uh, exciting episode, so ours was the first that they showed. Okay. So there you go. I've been on two game shows. This is, I know, fascinating. It fascinating. is fascinating. It is fascinating. I think it's cool. But I, I am a game show guy. Okay, I believe that. Um, okay, so game show guy, Demo. Uh, what are you looking forward to in the upcoming week and a half or whatever till this next one comes out? I think it is uh, May 17th on Hulu is George Clooney's epic 
reimagining of Joseph Heller's Catch-22. So I'm looking forward to this. I want to see something big. I want to see something epic. I want I want to see Clooney. I, I don't know if he's directing, but I know he's executive producing. And uh, I here's the thing about the book. I don't want to get too much into it. I started reading the book and I was like, this is a long book. And then I've watched bits and pieces of the movie over the years. I've never seen the movie in its entirety. So this should be, you know, I'm not going to be able to have to judge it against other things. I'm like, well, in the book or in the movie, I can sort of go with fresh eyes into this. So I'm looking forward to something big production-wise that's smart and is saying something about war in the time that we live in now. Hopefully that's what we're going to get. That is coming on Hulu. And it's got Kyle Chandler in it. Oh, does it? I haven't looked. One of my favorite actors. Great. I haven't, I haven't looked at anything other than Clooney's making it, and I'm just hearing a lot about it, but I don't know who's in it yet. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. I definitely will do a review of that. Okay. So Catch-22 coming up on Hulu. Um, what do you got, man? Anything? You know, there's some stuff coming on HBO. Uh, when, I watch, uh, when I watch Game of Thrones and Barry, which I love, they uh, open with like this montage of coming soon to HBO and there's the Watchmen and there's Chernobyl and there's um, euphoria. There's a bunch of stuff that at least in three and a half second trailer form looks awesome. So I'm excited about what HBO is going to do because they're going to have to make a major splash because everyone else is going to cancel after game of Thrones gets over. So I'm excited to see what they do because they know the pressure's on. We can get into all that another time, but I think HBO is really going to uh, bring some good original content over the Let's summer. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, speaking of bringing good original content, good show. Good show. Good show. We also want to give a shout out to some of our listeners who are being extremely supportive. Listener Steve, thank you for the review on iTunes. Much appreciated. And uh, listener Brian, we just got a, uh, a message from you on our Facebook page. Thank you for the support and all the listens. Like we're getting feedback and we're loving it. And strangers from strangers. That's the weird part. And, and some friends, but a lot of strangers and it's all positive. Now we're not, Ooh, it's all positive. We're great. We're not, we're not saying we're great. We're saying we appreciate the positive feedback. Yeah. Any feedback really, if you take the time, Hey, shoot us an email at binge or purge podcast at Gmail. That's one way to get a hold of us. Facebook.com slash binge or purge. Follow us on Twitter at binge or purge. And send us messages. It's really, it's just us. So we read all this stuff. We and, might act like we don't. But and you can give don't. a shit. You can say like, just whatever you're feeling. We're not going to, we're not going to like, oh man, we're getting anything is good. Yeah. Um, recommend stuff for us to check out too. We'll look at it. Yes, you know? we're, oh, we're, we are definitely open to recommendations. You know, if you're like, hey, I know, like, if there's a movie, they're like, well, you guys don't really do these kind of, maybe we'll check it out. You know, we're, we definitely want to make this a show where you have some input about what's interesting to you. Because we need, we need the help. We're looking, we're yeah. looking for help from you guys. We'd appreciate it. We got a nice message. Uh, I don't know if it was someone we know. Not someone that I know, anyway. But somebody said, hey, thank you for recommending uh, I think it was forever, which, yes. I, which I'll take credit for. You, absolutely. So that's one of my that's favorite shows. And so, Hey, that's what we're here for, man. We want you to find stuff that you like and that uh, is meaningful and you wouldn't have heard about otherwise. So that's, that's why we get out of bed at six 30 at night. So we can record this thing at seven and uh, have and some purpose right back to sleep, right back to sleep. 
Also, shout out to Jess the Facts. As always, thank you, Jess the Facts. We love you and your contributions. Jessica Greer, thank you. Check her out. At Jessica Greer, I believe, on Twitter. Probably. Probably. It might be the Jessica Greer, but of course she can correct us on that right now. Second time's a charm. It's at the Jessica Greer on Twitter. Good show, man. Yes, thank you for listening. Uh, For Joe Taylor, I am Demo. This has been Binge Your Purge. See you next time. Thanks. Thank you.